In today's show, we're looking at NBA draft prospects with Sam from the Draft Dummies, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We are here for part two. Well, actually part four of our NBA Draft Prospect Series, but part two with today's guest. And today's guest, I might as well just bring him right in. Actually, you know what? I won't because I've got to tell you that today's show is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories is only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Moment segment coming up later in the episode. Now, I'll tell you about today's guest. You heard him yesterday. It is Sam Ferris from the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast and the Draft Dummy. Sam, welcome back. Thank you again for having me on. And I will say that yesterday, unfortunately, we talked about some of the guys that I might be a bit lower on than the consensus, but one or two that we're going to talk about today, I am actually higher on than the consensus. So good to get maybe a little bit of positive Sam today. Oh yeah. Well, let's, let's go. Let's see how you feel about this guy. Cause uh, again, since I did my mock draft, a couple of first mock draft, a couple of weeks ago, this guy has actually jumped up on my uh, calculations. And that is, if you can see the screen already, we're talking about Moses Moody who is a wing guard player. I'll put his numbers up on the screen for people to see. Basically, a, a solid scorer, shooter type player. Played for Arkansas, 6'6 guard. He's 19. He averaged 17 points with two threes. He had a 57 true shooting. Good from the free throw line. Um, solid rebounder for his size as well. Six boards per game. Is this one of the guys that you're higher on? Yeah, this is one of the guys that I had in mind Uh Starting with the physical tools, he measured at 6'6", but even more impressive, a seven-foot wingspan. So that is a huge differential, especially kind of with more of a perimeter player. So he's got kind of that size and length to start it out. And, you know, one of the biggest swing skills with most prospects is the jump shot. And I project that Moses Moody will be, you know, one of the top jump shooters in this class. What's he like in terms of just being a an offensive hub sort of guy that can, you know, as an ISO one-on-one guy, as a high usage player, can he? do you think he can develop into that I am the number one offensive player type? Yeah, that's interesting. I do think that is one of the questions with him. We always talk about context and with Moody, he's been a guy that's been able to play a good role in very good teams in his life. So he played for Montverde. Uh, in high school, which was probably the best high school team ever. Uh, Played for a very good Arkansas team last year in college. So we know he can fit in and play a good role on a good team. But like you said, the question is, uh, you know, how far can he take his game personally in terms of being, you know, the guy offensively? And I wish we could have seen him kind of push the bounds, push the envelope a bit more in college. But we did see it at times, and I do – by the pull-up jumper coming along he's not a great athlete and i don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to put a ton of pressure on the rim offensively but in terms of the archetype of like if he does become an all-star 
I think you're looking at maybe a Chris Middleton like player offensively where the, the catch and shoot is good and he can get his off the balance off one or two dribbles really well. And he's kind of a similar frame uh, as Middleton as well. Yeah, that's interesting. I was going to suggest, is he anything like, say, a little bit of a taller Donovan Mitchell in terms of the, the offensive game? But uh, yeah, the Middleton one with that extra size and that you know, big wing, wingspan, I think, uh, is a pretty good comp for Moody. To me, if I'm the Orlando Magic with picks five and eight, I am, uh, I'm trying to make sure I get, get a hold of him with one of those picks, whether that is at pick five or pick eight, I, I don't know. But he, to me, would fit what they need, plus you know, a really solid player, or really it could be a really good player for them in, in one of those selections. So where do you sort of have him? Uh, is it just below that that second tier of Mobley Green Suggs? Yeah, so I, I pretty much have a three-man tier after that tier you just discussed. You know, I have Suggs, Mobley, Green, and then after that I have Giddy, Barnes, and Moses Moody is also in that group. And just the fact that I think his jump shot is so projectable is very important. I mean, NBA teams need at least four guys that can space the floor on, you know, at any given time out on the court. So you need guys that can shoot. That's huge. And I also think he's a very high IQ guy with good length. So he does make up for average to subpar athleticism with that IQ and length. He just tends to be in the right spot all the time defensively and kind of mucks things up. Uh, And with that length too, I think he can guard kind of both twos and threes. It's a tough choice for the Michelob Ultra moment, but considering we've talked about only one player today, it's going to be Moses (laughs) Moody who had the, uh, our favorite ultra moment out of the guys that we've discussed so far. What would you say that uh, Moses Moody's ultra moment of the year was? Did he have one big moment? Uh, I mean, just, I don't know, just playing a role for a good Arkansas team, I think. Unfortunately, he did not have his biggest moment in the NCAA tournament, but he was very good in the SEC tournament. So one for two on tournaments as a freshman, you'll take it. I loved his play in the SEC tournament. I'm sure that Moses Moody brought you joy. He brought Razorback fans joy and happiness. And enjoyment isn't the end game. It is the whole game. So... Moses Moody, his ultra moment in that SEC tournament, fantastic. Only 2.6 grams of carbs in Michelob Ultra, 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. That joy creates success. So make sure you are getting out on social media, tagging what you think is the hashtag ultra moment of the year. Michelob Ultra moment of the year goes to Moses Moody. All right. Let's go on to our next player we're going to talk about here. And this is another guy who's probably going to be a lottery selection out of the Big Ten. And that is Franz Wagner from Michigan, a uh, a second-year college player who saw his minutes marginally increase in his sophomore year versus his freshman year. But what he was able to do was just show you know, solid improvements across the board. You know, three percentage point increase in his three-point shooting, two and a half percent over his field goal percentage. He yeah, rebounded the ball a little bit better, scored an extra point per game. Just seems to be that guy who does most things pretty well without doing anything at a standout level. The free throw shooting is good. He's a low usage player. He's a nice connector who can defend. 1.3 steals, one block per game. They're really good numbers. And I think you look at the Wagner name and you go, well, is he Moe's brother? And yes, he is. But he's also a very, very different player to his brother. He's shorter. He's a better defender. Um, he's just he's quite a he's a better passer. He's he's a very different player to his brother. And yeah, how is my characterization of him, do you think that's accurate? Yes, very accurate. He 
he's definitely more athletic and more of a perimeter kind of wing type player than his brother. You mentioned the word connector piece offensively. That's a very good way to describe it. One phrase that I've used is he's kind of a grease guy offensively where no matter who you play him with, he's just going to make the offense run more smoothly as well as on the defensive side of the ball. He's also a guy that is very good in rotation and he's much bigger kind of than you would think as well. So I view him as kind of actually a four at the next level. And I think your point about we kind of know what he is, is also accurate. I don't think he has the widest range of outcomes. I don't see him as an all-star level player, but I also don't see him busting out of the league either. I think he's got one of the kind of smallest range of outcomes, but those outcomes are good and those outcomes are valuable. The way that I sort of view him, and again, you correct me if I'm wrong here because I haven't been viewing these players as much as you have, but almost what he does is sort of late career Rudy Gay, like not 20 point per game, you know, Memphis or you know, even Toronto, Rudy Gay, but more um, post Achilles, San Antonio Spurs, Rudy Gay type of player, a guy that can defend pretty well, can pass okay, can shoot okay, can do the little bits and pieces that are needed without having to extend into a huge number one option role. Yeah, uh, but I would say he doesn't really have the mentality of a scorer so much. He has the mentality more of a guy that will attack off the catch and make good decisions. He's definitely more of a team and pass-first guy. So is that more like Um, a Kyle Anderson sort of of an archetype? Yeah, yeah. So I'd say Kyle Anderson is actually a really good comparison. And kind of along those same lines, Kyle Anderson is bigger than you think and is a better defender than you might think. Same with Wagner. He is very good rotating around the rim. He had games with four or five blocks, including my one of the best defensive performances in all of college basketball last year. His game against Northwestern, I'm pretty sure he blocked five jump jump shots. Uh, He's just a very good defensive player, a guy that will just make things run smoothly offensively. He's not a guy that's going to score 25 points per game. Uh, So if you're looking for that, uh, he's not the guy to pick. Uh, I also don't see him making multiple all-stars, but I think he's going to be a guy that plays his role and is a positive on both sides of the ball. Yeah, so I guess that, that's when you're looking at, at drafting players, what are you looking for? Is, is there that swing for the fence player or do you just need someone to come in and go, well, I've drafted someone, cost-controlled contract, got him under team control for eight or nine years and he's going to be a rotation guy for all of those eight or nine years and just be... you know, Best case scenario, fourth starter, worst case, seventh rotation, you know, seventh man in the rotation, whatever it is, and just really solid production in all facets of the game. And that's sort of the way that Wagner strikes me. And yeah, you've, you've, uh, you've given us the, the, your take on that as well, which seems very, very similar. So Wagner does have that ability. And again, just don't compare him to his brother. They're very, very different in terms of position and, and fit and skill sets and, and what they're able to do, even from a fantasy perspective as well. Now, this next guy took a big step forward this year, and that is Trey Mann of Florida. His first year as a freshman, he only started four games. He played 18 minutes a game and scored five points and shot 28% from three. This year, was uh, it was quite a different scenario for man because he averaged 16 points. He shot over 40% from three on almost five attempts per game. His usage went up. He played 32 minutes a night. He started every game. He generated steals. Uh, he's a 6'4 point guard. He's 20 years of age. Now, the assist numbers aren't what you would hope out of a point guard, 3.5 per game. So is that a... Because it's always got to be context, as we've said multiple times over the last two shows with these numbers. Is that because his uh, teammates... 
don't hit shots? Is it because he just had to create so much for himself? Is it, or is it because he's a bad passer and facilitator? Yeah, I wouldn't say he's bad, but I wouldn't say that's one of his biggest strengths either. I don't necessarily see him as just, you know, a straight point guard with, you know, supernatural uh, feel and passing and ability to set guys up. He's kind of more of a, a get your own. And so kind of what's really fascinating to me about him actually is the way that he moves out there. Uh, so if you actually watch him on tape, it's interesting because he is a good athlete, but he doesn't really necessarily play like one. Uh, so again, if you watch him, he, he kind of glides and shuffles around the floor, but he never really picks his feet up that high off the ground. It's kind of interesting. Uh, but because of that, he can change direction really well. Uh, so one thing I like to say about great NBA players is, of course, all NBA players are great athletes, but you look at some of the mo the best NBA players and they are unique athletes in different ways, whether it's Harden's deceleration, KD's balance, you know, Steph's hand-eye coordination. Well, Trey Mann has this unique ability to, to change directions and create shots, whether it's step backs or crossovers into floaters. So to me, that's kind of the most unique, interesting aspect of his game is just that unique movement ability with the ball and to create separation off the bounce. Interesting um, for, for man as well is he's a guy that was able to yeah most most of his threes I think or a large portion of his threes were unassisted so it really that self creation yeah. for him um, is big and that, that can be a really big uh, big thing for an NBA player but you know we've referenced Jordan Clarkson before is he this guy that is more of that sixth man combo guard Jordan Clarkson Lou Williams Jamal Crawfordy sort of player what's his defense like is that the sort of role that NBA teams would be envisaging him to jump into or would teams not fool themselves or, or teams have the hope that oh, he can be our you know our lead ball handler yeah it's interesting i'm kind of in between on him because like you mentioned at the beginning he made such a massive leap from freshman to sophomore year that i might be willing to bet that there's a bit more there in terms of just his development moving forward it's interesting because i you know to your point i don't necessarily love or view him as having many ancillary aspects, whether it's defense, rebounding, passing. So I don't know that he's going to be a great role player. Uh, I'd say maybe a median or slightly below average outcome for him would be kind of an Anthony Simons, yep. which is similar to the guys that you mentioned, can really create his own shot, especially, you know, from three, taking step backs or pull-ups, he can do really well. Uh, I'll just be interested to see to what level he can get with that self-creation uh, and whether there is another step or two that that he can really take. Sam, do you ever fix your own car? Do I ever fix my own car? Yeah. No, um, I did replace the battery and I did uh, replace the tire. So I can say that I did that. So I, I am learning. That's, that's one step better than me. I've replaced tires, not batteries. But if you are someone who does like fixing their own car, Rock Auto is the place that you need to be going. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer? I believe you have a computer, so why don't you order your own parts directly from rockauto.com. Save time and money from Rock Auto. 
Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more on the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. They are a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go and explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, it is time for our next player. And uh, we've done a few of these sort of guys uh, over the two shows here, Sam. And we're talking about Josh Christopher, the guard from Arizona State. He is six foot five and another one of those players that probably hasn't really met a shot that he didn't want to take. Is that is that a fair you know, one sentence description of what Christopher's game's like? Yeah, it is. And it's it's funny, like you said, we've covered a lot of these guys, Trey Mann, book night yesterday. And what's funny is Cody and I thought these guys were so kind of interesting and similar that we did our own uh, episode where we talked about and ranked all these guys together. And then Cam Thomas was the other guy that we included in this group. Yep. So kind of if you want a deeper breakdown uh, where we ranked all these guys on a variety of different categories, give that a listen. But yeah, um, in terms of just the high level, somewhat similar to Trey Mann, but he does have a more impressive physical profile where he's very strong. He's a good finisher at the rim. And when he has a chance to kind of load, he is a very good leaper, including some pretty spectacular chase down blocks. So he averaged 14 points per game for Arizona State, 43% from the field, 80 from the line, 25% usage. The steal numbers, pretty nice. Half a block a game. I'm not going to do huge amounts in terms of creation for others. That's not what his, uh, that's not what his role is on this team. Um, didn't play a huge amount. Um, just 15 games. So what, what were the concerns with the lack of games there with Christopher? Yeah, again, concept, context with him, I thought Arizona State wasn't a great team for him. He didn't have really anyone creating for him didn't get the touches that I would have liked to have seen. And of course it was just difficult for everyone last year with COVID, uh, especially these freshmen. But for him, again, the question mark is the jump shot. He loves to create his own shot kind of in the mid range to create and take tough mid range jump shots. I just don't know if an NBA team is really going to give him the keys to do that. So he's going to need to knock down three point jump shots and I'm just a bit iffy on that still at this point in time. Um, and so that's why I might view him just a little bit lower. But the physical profile is impressive. He was a very good high school player. So uh, he does have that going for him. And again, uh, you know, I like the tools that he has. But like with so many guys, it's do you trust? Do you buy the projection of that jump shot? Yeah, look, he shot, what, 31% from three. Um, so you're right. Look, as a scorer, the shot, we need to rely upon him more. But he also didn't get to the to the rim a huge amount. We didn't draw many free throws, just 31% free throw rate, which, again, if you're not hitting threes, you'd like someone to be drawing more free throws to get that efficient scoring. And that's why his true shooting is as low as it is. Defensively, you mentioned the chase down blocks. Is that just you know highlight defense, or can he be a solid defender uh, on top of that? So those are obviously the highlights, but this might be a surprise to some, but I I actually do like him defensively. You know, not that he's going to be a great NBA defender, but for this archetype that we've talked about where it's kind of these, I don't want to say chucker, but guys that create and take tough shots offensively, usually those guys aren't that good defensively. 
But I think Christopher can be, uh, you know, he's got the physical tools. He's got the strength. He can move pretty well side to side. He also has very good hands. Um, so, you know, comparing him to the guy we talked about in Trey Mann, I do prefer Christopher's tools and kind of his hands defensively. So I think he can get to a higher level defensively than than him. He's also a little bit bigger than Trey Man. Um, yeah. yeah, about uh, well, I think six five versus six four, and again a, a lot more defensive um, defensive ability and a little bit more probably explosion around the rim as well, which yeah, probably puts him yeah. uh, ahead of that uh, group. Although yeah, the forty percent shooting from Man versus thirty percent for Christopher might, might swing things for other people in the other direction. Let's talk about the next guy on our list, another guard, and uh, I'm probably going to mispronounce his name. Ayo Dasumnu. Is that uh, how, how correct is that? for a pronunciation for the Illinois guard. That was, that was pretty good. Yeah. Have right. you tried have you tried Rocco Percussion yet? No, <laughs> I haven't. He's uh I believe he is coming up in the next couple of days in terms of Oh no, he's not. He's uh he's, he's next week he's coming up. So, I'm pretty excited about talking about him to be honest, but yeah, Rocco Percussion. Yeah. All right. I got, I got to practice that one. I had to practice my Alper and Shingun for yesterday's uh or not yesterday's 2 days ago's show. Also, but Ayo Dasumno guard out of Illinois. Played three years, so he's a junior. Um, yeah, increased his scoring numbers every year. Got to 35 minutes last season. I probably should put those stats up on the screen for people to take a look at. 20 points per game. He averaged six boards and five assists over a steal. Shot 39% from three, which is a big jump up from the 30% from the year before. But not a huge amount of three-point attempts under three per game which is a very low three-point attempt rate for a guy that was hitting them again at a really high rate. He's a six-foot-five point guard. He's 21 years of age. He turns 22 halfway through the NBA season, so a little bit older. Is he a true you know, point guard one, or is he a, a combo sort of a guard? I think he's definitely a combo sort of a guard. And, you know, just to start out, I am a bit lower on him compared to kind of these other guards that we've talked about both just in terms of, yeah, he's a bit older, so he's just further along on his development curve. But also, I just, he does a lot of things decently well. He's a solid finisher. He was a very good closer in college. He was a clutch player. Uh, he shot it, you know, all right. But if you had to ask me, what does Dosunmu do at like a starting NBA guard level? I just don't know that he really does anything. Uh, so I view him, I do view him more as kind of a backup. And though he is 6'5", uh, he doesn't really play that big. Uh, so, I, you know, I don't view him as like checking defensively bigger, you know, guys or anything. So it's not like he provides a ton of versatility either. And so that's just not necessarily kind of the archetype that I would be targeting in the second round. So you, would you leave him undrafted? No, I, I would take him in the second round, but I just feel like that, you know, if you look at most consensus boards, he's ended the first round beginning of the second. So to me, that opportunity cost is just a bit too high. There are other guys that I think have a bit more intriguing kind of upsides or higher end outcomes than him. So I just think, you know, if I were an actual GM that he would just get taken before I would realistically consider him. So in terms of um, his passing ability, like five assists, not a bad number for, for college, but can he be a guy that makes NBA reads and works in NBA pick and roll? Uh, sure, but not. I don't see him as like a starter, but maybe off the bench, he's a guy that can 
you know, share some ball handling duties, run some pick and roll again as a second unit guy. I think that would kind of be the best use for him, but I don't think you ever want him out there as kind of your only ball handler either. Uh, I think he's going to need another guy to kind of share those duties with. That sort of puts him in like a, a player almost without a position, like as a point guard who you don't want to be a point guard, but not the level of score or three-point shooter to be uh, you know, a, a completely scoring guard. So he's sort of you know, in that middle range there, which is probably going to consign him to a bench role for majority of his career. Now, the next guy and the last guy we're going to talk about here, Sam, a very interesting uh, prospect, and that's Philip Petrosev, who did play. In, in college for two years, played for Gonzaga, and then went over to Europe to play for uh, KK Mega BMAX, which you may remember is the team that Nikola Jokic used to play. I'm sure you remember, but uh, other listeners may remember that is Nikola Jokic's former team. And he went out there last season and put up some huge numbers. He averaged 21 points per game across all competitions in 30 minutes. He averaged seven and a half boards. He blocked a shot. He hit 46% of his threes on three attempts per game. Um, even look, his numbers. Even as a sophomore at Gonzaga, he averaged eighteen and eight. Um, he hit eighteen percent of his threes. But that change, I think, is the biggest thing that stands out. He took total in that sophomore year in Gonzaga eleven threes, and he hit two of them. He goes over to Mega B Max, and he took he hit twenty six of sixty two. So he was taking three per game. How? Oh, sorry, it's forty three of ninety three across all competitions. So that's that's a lot of it's a big difference in the three. So. Okay, so obviously he's more confident in the shot because he's taking more of them. Do you buy this, that he can be a legitimate stretch 5 type of option? Yeah, I do buy that he can be a stretchy 5, but I don't think he's going to be shooting 46% from 3 I in the NBA. That. Yeah, and so it's really interesting with him because, like you said, you know, went to Gonzaga. I'm from Spokane. I'm a Gonzaga basketball fan. It was just really interesting situation because it was almost like a mutual agreement to move on and he left to play overseas, which was fantastic for him. But it was also great for Gonzaga because Drew Timmy was better than Petrusev. Uh, yeah. And then I guess go to Europe because you develop your skills there very quickly. On top of the three point jump shot, he's got a really nice push shot that will be effective for him kind of and pick and rolls. Think like a Rashawn Holmes type shot there. Uh, and he's a guy that can post up and score. Um, so he's got tools. He's certainly expanded his repertoire and he has really developed the skill level. So I love to see that. Like you said, the stats were pretty monstrous, not just in terms of the raw numbers, but the jump from what he did at Gonzaga is awesome to see. I love to see guys working on their games and really improving like that. Yeah, like he had a PR of 25, a true shooting of 65, a usage of almost or close to 30%, which is, these are insane type numbers. But the, uh, when you see European big men who are shooting threes, the, the standard question is going to be, yeah, can he defend? So can he defend? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, no, like, I don't think he's going to be that good defending pick and roll. That's going to be an issue like it is with a lot of these guys. Like he can do fine if other fives post him up, but that's not really the question with these guys, right? The question is how well do they do in space? Do they need to be great? No, but you would like if they are not picked on and if they can at least kind of hold their own guardian pick and roll, that's just kind of the way and the direction that the NBA has moved. So again, it's just not necessarily the archetype of player that I'm looking to draft. Uh, 
in the second round, I'm looking to draft guys that maybe are one aspect of their game away from being a core piece of a playoff team. And, you know, a good example of that has been Terrence Mann, where the guy has the size, has the athleticism, has the feel to guard and play multiple positions. He just needed that jump shot to come along. And it has. And all of a sudden, that guy is a core piece of the Clippers, in my opinion, moving forward. I just don't see Petrusev really having that value. But, I mean, if a team likes him at a certain point in the second round, views him as kind of a backup big, uh, then go ahead and, and take the swing on that. I just don't think the value of trying to draft a backup big is really worth the capital until, you know, maybe the last 15 picks of the second round. It's interesting to see how he ends up developing because, again, like those numbers are in- intriguing. Whether he can turn into a full-time starter is probably a pretty big question mark at this point. But yeah, you've got to be intrigued by that that improvement and that big step up uh, going from Gonzaga over to uh, Mega BMAX for this last season. That'll do it. That's our six prospects done for today. We did another six yesterday. Sam, tell everyone what they can uh, what they can do or what they can expect from your work, where they find it, what you're doing, and uh, your social media stuff. Yeah, so you can follow us at Draft Dummies. I like to post clips there, stats, my thoughts on the draft, uh, you know, just some of my theory and beliefs as it pertains to the NBA draft and team building. Um, we're just doing all type of work right now, and you can find our episodes on the Locked On NBA Draft channel every Wednesday, but all of the hosts there are fantastic. We're doing scouting reports, mock drafts, player and positional rankings doing all this as we gear up for the draft at the end of July. So this time of the year is the most fun for us and we're just really enjoying it. Sam, it's been awesome having you on the last two days. Thank you for coming on and talking NBA draft prospects. Um, We're going to do more NBA draft stuff in the coming weeks as we head towards the NBA draft. Guys, don't forget, not only check out Locked On NBA Draft, but follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app while on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Click the notification bell, hit your red subscribe, share it with friends, comment, whatever you need to do, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.